Welcome to Self Love Ignited. My name is Katie Allen. I'm a certified health and life coach, and we are here to talk all things self love, self acceptance, body image, health, and total well being. You are going to hear from me, plus, you'll hear the stories of other women who have transformed this already. They have walked this path and they have really learned how to love and embrace all parts of themselves. We are here to help you be inspired, motivated, and to help you really transform your relationship with yourself to be a loving and positive force each and every day. What are you waiting for? Let's get to it. Welcome back. On today's episode of Self Love Ignited, I am chatting with Cynthia Pacheco. Cynthia talked all about living with PCOS and really learning to thrive with it. She talked about how it has helped her learn to love her period and really embrace her body as a woman. Cynthia is the owner and founder of Digital Bloom IQ and is passionate about helping health and wellness businesses heal more of the world through search engine optimization. We had the best chat. She is absolutely wonderful. I cannot wait for you to meet her. Dive on in. All right, Cynthia, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks, Katie. I'm super excited to be here. So here on Self Love Ignited, you know, we talk all about self-love and body image and all that sort of stuff that goes with it. But before we sort of get into your story, why don't you just take a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So my name is Cynthia Pacheco. I'm an SEO expert over at Digital Bloom IQ, and I help health and wellness businesses get found in Google. And basically, I have um, my own business. I uh, live in Argentina, and I'm a cat owner, as you can see. I'm holding my black cat, for those of you who don't see. Um, He just has to get in in on the episode. Um, And um, yeah, I was super interested by your podcast because it just feels like such a relevant conversation for every single woman out there (laughs) and it's like I'm sure there's men who also are benefiting from this podcast but it's just like we need to tell our stories you know and so I wanted to share my story and and how where I've come and where I'm going I guess with my (laughs) own body journey That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so, I know when you reached out, I was super excited to have you on because you have a really unique story. So, um, so let's lead in with that. So I would really just love, (laughs) I would really just, I, I would love for you to just really tell us your story, right? So we're talking all about body image, self love, just that inner critic, whatever that happens to be. Um, yeah. and really talking about going from that place of being in a negative space to being in a positive space where you are now. So why don't you just sort of tell us your story, start back at the beginning. Where did your challenges really begin? Yeah. So I, um, I was diagnosed, I had a pretty late period. I think I got my first period like 14. And so I was diagnosed or, you know, a doctor find out and told me I had a polycystic ovarian disease. And so what that is, is it means that you have um, irregular periods, just hormones that are 
out of whack, basically. Um, and from a phys physiological point of view, um, some women who have PCOS um, have actual cysts on their ovaries. And this is a really common condition, actually. Um, I think the it was like over 40 or 50% of women have this. Um, and many don't even know it because they're on the pill or, um, you know, they've just never really, a lot of women have really, really horrible um, experiences with the gynecologist. And, um, you know, it's a very intimate part of your life. And it's hard to find sometimes a doctor who will be sensitive to each individual person, right? So basically, um, from the beginning, I really felt like I wasn't a human when I was being treated by doctors. I felt like I was an ovary. Right? <laughs> and I get it. When you look at like, um, when you deal with a specialist, they see you as the disease, right? That's their specialty. Um, and I unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever you want to call it, I was always treated by doctors who would just treat me as the PCOS like person. Right. Yeah. Um, and it just, it never felt like, okay, this is a whole human who has a life and this is like one aspect of her life. Right. So I went on the pill for, I was on the pill for maybe four years and I just suffered, you know, just, just really not nice side effects, um, just around like mental health, like, um, some weight gain, um, you know, PCOS is known for its weight gain and also just excessive hair growth or hair loss in certain unfortunate areas. So as a woman, it just becomes a really uncomfortable, uncomfortable situation, you know? Um, and again, I think it's, it's common in women and it's just not talked a lot. And a lot of women just don't know they have it. They just think they have an irregular period or, um, again, their period, their natural period is masked by a pill. So they don't really know that they have that. Yeah. Um, and then um, in my mid twenties, I started working with homeopaths and naturopaths to regulate my hormones and to just get to know my body. I had come a long way with just, I'd say like hating my body in many ways because of PCOS and just all the complications of it. And I slowly began to heal and um, actually embrace this, um, this chronic illness and see it as just like an opportunity to get to know myself better. And yeah, and now like nowadays, um, you know, PCOS is like a long lifelong thing. You can't get rid of it. You can get rid of the cysts, but it's still, you know, just like, because it's a hormonal thing. And the other thing is, sorry, PCOS, no one knows where it comes from. Some people think it's like, genetic. Other people think it's like a virus from way back when. Others think it's like environmental from the hormones in our food or the plastics. Um, so um, basically, it just it's something that's going to follow me all my life. And of course, I can heal some parts of it, but it's just going to be something to pay attention to. So I've embraced it from that way. And again, it's been like an opportunity to become more um, intimate with who I am and um, just like get to know myself, I guess, in a way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's so interesting, especially as you're speaking. I'm actually thinking, I wonder if I have PCOS because I have a <laughs> few of those things you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, so maybe something to think about, especially because like you said, so many women go, like it's a huge portion of the population that is assumed to have this and so many women go undiagnosed. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, um, again, like I'm not against the pill in any way. And I think it's a great, obviously an amazing tool, but in many ways it's, it's kind of an excuse for women to lose touch with this natural part of who they are. Yeah. And I know that's like a whole conversation around periods and like, you know, how we're just taught from little to like our periods, like this horrible thing. And like, like, Oh, like just all negative talk. Right. And it's yeah. actually a very exciting and creative thing. And because I have irregular periods, I'm kind of weird. I love my period. I get so <laughs> excited when I go on my period. Cause it just feels like such a release. And it's like this time. And I feel like a woman, I don't know. It, it's like, I'm definitely feel like we are talking to some of my girlfriends who are like, oh my God, why do you like your period? It's so painful. I'm like, well, it's just this moment to stay, you know, um, to chill out, to like journal, you know, to snuggle in bed. Like, yeah. it's just such a great thing. And um, I think it just makes us unique, you know, as women and it just connects with our femininity, right? Yeah, 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 a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, I would love to hear a little bit more about like the, um, especially back when you were really young, like you were first diagnosed, like through your teens and your twenties, when you were still, like you said, like really like hating on your body, what was the mental health side of that? Like, tell us about the inner relationship, the inner critic, the mental health. Tell us about that side. Cause I feel like that is probably a huge portion of this that went on underneath the surface. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I think the biggest frustration was I didn't have, I think, and, and I think this has changed now. I think there's much more awareness around PCOS and I've like, over the years, I've found doctors who were just much more gentle, <laughs> but at the beginning it just felt so clinical, you know, like I was just this other case. And if anything, because I didn't have a lot of the PCOS women are actually quite obese um, I wasn't obese, but I did have like fluctuating weight. I was kind of like, I was kind of seen as like a special case sometimes because I, I didn't have that um, side effect, but mm -hmm. I had a lot of others. So you just, you kind of feel like another, you feel like a case study, you feel like a lab rat, right? Yeah. Um, and I was really on top of all my lab work and I was like, it got to a point where I was, I was almost like treating myself like the lab rat because that's the relationship that I'd seen the doctors have with me. And I wasn't really paying attention to like, what are my emotions around this? Like, you know, do I feel like defected or do I feel like the weird, you know, just the weird person or, you know, there's just something wrong with my body and I, there's nothing I can really do about it other than lifestyle changes and you know i was eating fairly healthy and exercising but there wasn't anything else so um and pcos does have um because of the hormonal portion there is just this tendency to depression and just mood swings and all that um and i actually found that the pill was making me even more moody and more disconnected with my emotions so that um you know looking back I can see all that I struggled and it was just part of the whole condition. It wasn't um, anything that I was doing particularly wrong or, you know, there was nothing wrong about the situation. I was just doing the best that I could. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a relief to realize that, that that's the, that's the truth. And in many of these cases, and I feel like a lot of women, we just, we blame our bodies 
And it's actually, I feel kind of like society or a particular bad doctor that you had who just said this one thing. And then you suddenly just feel like everything's screwed up, right? And it's like, no, your body is wise and, and safe and it's a good place to be. And of course, I want to keep healing and doing a better job, but there's nothing like inherently wrong with me, right? And as soon as I switched that, I stopped becoming my own enemy and I started working um, with my body, right? And loving it as much as, you know, whatever, putting restrictions on, um, because PCOS has like an insulin resistance tendency, you know, I have to try and pay attention to that. I have a possibility of, you know, doing, um, becoming diabetic, you know, higher probability. So just eat healthy, right? But it can come from a place of love instead of a place of like, you know, I'm this case study and like, I need to eat like this or else I'm not going to be healthy ever. Yeah. 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 It, it's, I love that you say that because it's true. Like there's lots of people in this world that are living with chronic conditions, disabilities, whatever it happens to be. That means that sometimes you do have to live within certain parameters, eat certain things, do certain mm -hmm. things or avoid certain things like there's lots of people that are living with this just like you and yeah i think you can really choose to have a limiting like mindset <laughs> or you can you yeah. know be like why did this happen to me and really like hate on yeah. yourself or you can go it is what it is but i have a hell of a lot of control over how i approach this and just approach it with that like you know sort of like an openness and like a kindness yeah. and yeah mm -hmm choice yeah and and a way to connect with other i mean again i i would never want anyone to have PCOS, but i also it's like everybody nobody's perfect right our bodies are very intricate and we all have tendencies right like maybe we have a tendency to do you know whatever to overeat or maybe in our family we, there's a tendency for depression or mental health and it's kind of this experience and this um possibility to tend to that um, and it's almost like I decided at one point, like I have this opportunity to heal myself and like, thank God, like, <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't, you know, appreciate, or I wouldn't be able to connect with other women in this way. Or, you know, I've, because I've worked so hard at that. It's like, I'm able to appreciate other women who also take that time and who are like very, um, you know, in tune with their bodies and, and yeah, again, like maybe I would have done that without the PCOS, but the, the it has just given me this opportunity to slow down and get to know my feminine side and just be so grateful for my body for all it does um, and all the all the things like, you know, it just naturally gives me. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you have come a hell of a long way from hating on your body to being like, excited when you get your period right like that's a yes. big <laughs> that, that's a that's a big jump from being like a lab rat disconnected hating to yeah. being you know really grateful like you just said and like appreciating mm -hmm. everything that your body gives you like that's a big jump so how and you already said a few things that you did right so like you worked with um like homeopaths and did some herbs mm -hmm. and that's really like working yeah. with your body what other sort of practices or exercises, like what else did you actually do during that time to help you really change this relationship with your body? Yeah. So one of the significant things I can, I can think of right now is um, actually I was living in Canada, right? When I graduated, I'm, I'm Canadian Argentine. Um, and then I um, 
I decided to take a trip to Argentina and to get to know my family. And that, that was a pretty drastic lifestyle change. I didn't do that thinking of my body at all, but that was a big step to, um, to healing because the lifestyle here, it, like in terms of what I ate and the way I exercise. So here, you know, when I moved, I was just walking a lot. Like Buenos Aires is such a great city to walk. Mm. Um, and I think per day, like I would just walk, walk blocks and blocks and blocks. Um, and the food here is different too, right? So there's like a longer summer and, um, you know, I was with family. So there was a lot happening that my lifestyle changed and I started to lose a lot of weight and it really helped with the PCOS. So that could be a, you know, kind of like an indicator for some people. And I know not everybody can just move to another country, but like, think about your lifestyle and think about how could you naturally, you know, maybe it's like joining a fitness club where they, you know, they have like dance classes or something like something fun. Like, cause I, I, a lot of people, when it comes to, to weight loss, it's like, Oh, I, I need to like, stop eating this. And it like, it feels really restrictive. Yeah. And to me, weight loss just become became like, how can I be happy in my life? And so it just kind of ended up happening because I was walking more. I was eating better. I was with family. I, I was, you know, meeting new friends. I was having a really good time and it, it just, I started to lose weight. Like it was inevitable. Um, so it was just like a different approach. And I think again, the focus was like, how can I become happy and at the time, like I had just finished university. So I was really looking for like my next step in my career. And so I was in this pursuit of happiness. So for me, that was like traveling and traveling was a big part of where I got to know myself and like start to discover like, what does this mean to me? Um, yeah, that was like one big, I'd say like a big lifestyle change that helped. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, yeah, finding like not just doctors, but finding a community of women and men or, you know, whoever um, who is going to support you on your journey. Mm. And so I started to um, just like look for people who talked about PCOS in a way that felt better. Yeah. And again, it wasn't it's not like a short term fix. It's like, how is this going to be my lifestyle going forward? Um, as like, you know, eventually if I wanted to have a family, like looking back from my twenties, right. Like, or, or just, just like looking forward, like, how's the rest of my life going to be? Cause like I could stamp this like PCOS tag on myself, but like, what is, how am I going to like make this part of my life, right. Invite it into my life. So yeah. I was really lucky. I found a woman who, um, she wasn't a doctor, but she had, um, a lot of experience in hormones and I ended up hiring her and working with her and she helped me through some nutrition. She was like a licensed nutritionist. So she helped me with nutrition, but on a lot of the mindset stuff that happens when you hate on your body for many, many years. So, you know, maybe even hiring someone like you, Katie, might be like the answer of like, you just need those people who like know what you've been through yeah. and can be super gentle, gentle. Cause like, I didn't even realize how deep the root of like, yeah, poisoning like thoughts and beliefs. It like went really deep and it's so sensitive because um, it could even be generational, you know, like especially with something like PCOS because there's a genetic element. It could be something in your family for years and years. And so you need to very 
gently look at that and having someone support you through that journey can be really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy you say that because it, it really is like, I feel like somehow in our society, there's a group of people who really love getting support. And then there's a group of people that really see getting support as like a weakness. Like I should be able to do this all myself. And like, you just shouldn't (laughs) like, like we, like we as humans, like we're social beings. We have, that's why we have family. That's why we have friends. That's why we're not all loners. And I think the more that we sort of can embrace the fact that we're not meant to do it alone and that we are stronger with community in whatever way that feels best to you. Like it, it helps. It really does help. It really helps. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I guess with some I think now it's like things have changed a lot and more and more people are like, there's awareness around a lot of these things and you can name things, but I still think there are like certain diseases that are coming to light, especially um, mental health, you know, mental health is still something super, um, you know, we don't have that much science, like psychology as a science has been around for a little more than a hundred years. So we still don't understand like, oh, I don't see that your arm is bleeding. You're fine. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you might feel anxious or, or depression and it's like, well, you know, you've got all your limbs and you look fine. So you're fine. Um, and until we hear someone else goes through it, it suddenly like dawns on us like, oh, like this is a real battle I'm going through. Like, <laughs> um, Or, you know, it's just, you know, maybe your parents, or your grandparents didn't have that luxury that, you know, we have now. And so it's like, this is my life that I get to live to the best of my ability. And it doesn't matter if no one in my family has ever gone to a therapist or has ever gone to like a naturopathic doctor, like I'm going to be the first one and I'm going to heal like all these um, things that we've been dragging on for generations. Like yeah. that's my job, <laughs> that's what I want to do. So um, sometimes it's hard because you don't have the support maybe from people around you, like family, but um, you don't miss, I don't know, trying things out. Like I've tried a lot of things like that. Some things have worked, some things haven't. And that's also part of the journey. And same with doctors. Like I've gone through many doctors and it takes time to find a good doctor who not just is responsible in many ways, but also you get along and, you know, their communication style is like something you can cope with and like they've got social skills. And um, uh, so it's, it's good to find, it's good to like shop around for doctors. Um, and I know that's not always possible depending on your health system, but um, if you can, you know, take the time to find a good gynecologist and a good endocrinologist and, you know, people you can trust in and work with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. <laughs> so when when you were in this place of, you know, sort of really hating on your body, did you ever find that your body image and your self-image merged as one? Like if your body was bad, you were bad? Did that ever happen with you? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, what do they say? Like how you feel like how you feel is like what you, how you see yourself too. So you could look like amazing or whatever. You could look stereotypically really good, yeah. but then if you don't really feel it on the inside, it's like hard to, um, yeah. And, and um, yeah, for me, I, I went through a lot of uh, changes with my body with PCOS and the hormones. So I gained weight and I lost it. And, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of emotions that happen, especially for women around clothing and you know how you 
fit into things or how you don't fit into things. Um, So I definitely, yeah, I definitely went through a period where I, I just wasn't, unfortunately, again, I I don't know if it's like a bad thing because I've just learned so much about it, but I had to like learn to accept myself wherever I was at, like whatever size, like whatever was going on with my skin or with my hormones. And I was just, I just had to like accept this is where I'm at now and, and work through like whatever I thought was ugly. Like if it was like my arms or my thighs at the time or whatever, um, it was like, send love to that, send love to that part of, of my body. And again, working with, someone with that was really helpful because we tend to not even realize that we're hating on ourselves until someone kind of points it out or gives us an exercise where we are looking at ourselves in the mirror um and you're like oh like "Mm, (laughs) hard (laughs) especially when Uh, you've been doing it your whole life because it's it like you become critical on autopilot like you don't like you said you don't even realize you're doing it and sometimes you do need to sort of have a wake-up call yeah yeah and and especially like i feel like as women we just get so many mixed messages about what's the good body and you know you're coming out of teenage years where you see a certain type of body again that's improved a lot like from the 90s and the 2000s like there was sort of this movement to like showing diversity and it's still a big issue um just not just like certain types of bodies but skin tones and like um you know ethnicities and um just like yeah just showing different types of faces and factions and all that but um you just think there's like normal like something normal and it's just not like if anything the people who you see in the magazines those are the really strange bodies like model bodies are very special just because they're so long and you know, that's the weird one, (laughs) weird in a loving way, because I I love models as well. They can be great, but it's kind of like, we think that's the normal and that's actually the not so normal. And then like everybody else is like in this different category. And um, it's totally fine to just feel like your body isn't like something you've ever seen. Um, And yeah, again, like I, I just came for me, my approach was like inside out. So I was like really looking at like, what was I feeling about my body? And then, you know, if there was something physically that I didn't like, then either like I accept it or like, you know, I do something about it if I want to work out or maybe eat in a certain way, but I'm not, I swear I'm not as focused on like visuals as much as like how I feel because you could have like the perfect butt or something, but then you feel like if you don't feel good, then yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was doing another interview the other day and it was, I was talking to a personal trainer actually. And, and she even said, she's like, you can have the like, you know, quote unquote, perfect sculpted body. She's like, but if your mind is not in the right place, she said, it doesn't matter. She said, even as a personal trainer, I see that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. true and 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 I also just really I love what you said about models like because it's <laughs> it's true like like I think all bodies are good bodies and I know maybe that's mm-hmm. like a I don't know that's like a hashtag all bodies are good bodies. but <laughs> okay. but 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 it's true right like every body is unique and the fact that they yeah. made it into a magazine doesn't mean they're the ordinary ones it means that they're the yeah. you know they're different 
and not in a bad yeah. way. Just they are different. They are those like stereotypical ones that they want to put in a magazine. Yeah. And if we can just recognize that. Don't yeah, I mean, the. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I went to fine arts, so a fine arts um, university. And the reason why those model bodies are the way they are is because they're, they're very easy, like the clothes drapes on them. They're kind of like hangers. Yeah. And so it's really easy to see the form of the clothes. And so, but it's even something just like a tradition that's come from years and years and it doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of like an aesthetic almost in a way. Yeah. Um, and again, I feel like we've made progress there, but there's still a long way to go of showing like different types of bodies, different types of faces on TV and <clears throat> different skin tones, different ethnicities. Yeah. Um, and especially living in Argentina, like I, I look very European and very, you know, Caucasian, but um, you know, technically I'm Latin. And so it's just like interesting how like, depending on where you're from, you can have just like different backgrounds and wouldn't it be great if we just couldn't, didn't discriminate, you know, based yeah. off some preconceived notion. Um, we'll get there <laughs> slowly, but surely, like you said, we've already come a long way in, you know, a very short time. So it's going to yeah. keep happening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As your journey has sort of progressed and has your relationship with your body has really, really come a long way, have you noticed that like mirrored or reflected in other relationships in your life with your family, with your friends, with your partner? Like, has that affected your other relationships in any way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, when I, I think this is just like a given, like when you become more confident in who you are, and this is an ongoing journey. I just want to say, like, I haven't figured it all out. Like, I'm still <laughs> learning how to, yeah, how to deal with the, do the doctor stuff is horrible. Like, just finding the right doctor. Um, but, yeah, I think when you become more confident in who you are and you just start to prioritize your own, like, how you see yourself and, like, how you want to see yourself. And, um, for example, like, I'm still working on, like, what kind of clothes I like and like fashion and like, you know, just like enjoying like, Oh, I want to like put my hair like this or like, I want to, um, you know, wear this type of clothes. And that's something like I just suppressed for many, many years. And so now I'm like finally getting to a place where I'm like, okay, let's explore. Let's just have fun. Like what, why do it is, ha why does it have to feel like there's only right and wrong? Like, no, I can just play and have fun experiment. Um, but yeah, specifically with my other relationships, I think what happened for me personally is I started to see that maybe a lot of the family members or even, you know, other friends, I started to become more compassionate to their own insecurities because I had gone through such a transition. Um, I started to see that, you know, everybody has their insecurities around their bodies and it's totally normal. And um, especially in women, you know, I'm going to keep saying that, like, I feel like guys have their insecurities too, but I could see it a lot of my girlfriends, like, you know, maybe how they would hate on certain part of their body or their period. And so I just, it almost became this opportunity to, um, to be compassionate to them and to support them as well in that and like show them that they don't have to treat their bodies like that. Um, you know, they can love, 
you know, speak to themselves nicely. And, you know, if they go to the gym, it can be an act of love and not like this, oh, I'm fighting my body and it has to be like this way. Um, And I've found that, yeah, PCOS has really humbled me in many ways of like, everyone's going through something like with their body in general, Mm -hmm. um, if they're aware of it or not. And um, it's really like an ongoing journey. Um, So I'd say from that perspective, I just became more conscious of, of the people around me. And um, if I, you know, if I do see someone who's really struggling, like I can be really, really, you know, compassionate to that and, you know, share some resources if they're open to that. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So at the beginning, you said that you, you know, I know that you have your own business, you're an entrepreneur, you do SEO. I would love to hear how this journey that you have been on has impacted your, you know, role as an entrepreneur and how one has sort of led into the other, like the connection between the two. Yeah. Well, as you know, Katie, being an entrepreneur, it's like forces you to like, look <laughs> at your stuff, right? Like, cause it's just you at the beginning, especially. Um, and so you're, you're like, you're your own boss. You're like your own accountant. You're your own, like, you're the person who sweeps the floor at night. So you're like, literally like the, the solopreneur, the, the everything. Yeah. And so you have no, nothing else to do, but like, Oh, this is what I, think of myself and like this is how I speak to myself and this is how I treat myself when I make a mistake or this is how I treat myself when I actually have a win and so you start to become so aware of that Um, and so I think for me um, opening my own business has been super complementary to my my journey of healing uh, because it's it's like just contributed in so many ways to awareness and like just being nicer (laughs) to myself like (laughs) Um, and, um, just realizing like the more I can heal and just, just do good work, the better I'm going to benefit the, my clients and the people around me. And I can really set an example. And especially for me, because I have, you know, I have goals. I I want a woman to, um, you know, I want to be a leader for women. I want to be someone that they can depend on. It's like, I've always come back to, oh, I have to like, you know, depend on myself, I need to like come back to inside and see like, how do I treat myself? Um, Because, yeah, it's so cliche, but the way you treat yourself ends up being the way you treat other people, right? Oh, yeah. Um, And then specifically, about two years ago, I made a decision to specialize in health and wellness search marketing, because of this journey. And because I just, I was so I'm so grateful for all the different professionals and coaches and again like nutritionists different people who have helped me not just with PCOS but different parts of my health and I realize a lot of these people really struggle with with digital marketing and search marketing and a lot of people use Google to search you know at 2 a.m. Um, you know, weird, uh, <laughs> I have a weird mole on my foot, you know, like, what is that? Yeah. Um, and especially with mental health, like so many people search around anxiety and depression and um, Google is such a powerful tool. Um, and we've all experienced this, this moment where we're like looking for something that we're going through and we don't want anybody else to know. And we yep. just need information and we need to know there's someone on the other side of the planet who has the, the solution. So it really fit in nicely with what I, with what I do. And I'm, I'm just so, um, I'm so passionate about helping 
people who have healing powers share that with more with more of their audience and more people who are already searching for that so that was like such an exciting pivot i did and um it was already something, you know, when you make a decision, you're like, oh, but I was already doing that. Like I was already working with doctors and therapists and it was kind of like, okay, now it's official, but <laughs> I was already, you know, it kind of already happened. So it was like just the perfect thing of like, oh, now I get to announce it and it gets to be a thing. And like, now it's like, I'm known for that. And so it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love that. It's like, you were already doing it, but now you get to like be really specific in like your branding and your messaging and like your own marketing, yeah. right? There's something just like, there's a difference. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. At least for me, but yeah, no, it's just, it all came together and it just, uh, it's just something I've always been fascinated by anyway. Like I've always been into like, just healing, like healing journeys and understanding bodies. And, um, you know, I don't think I'd ever be a doctor, but I might've been a psychotherapist, you know, in another lifetime, like I'm fascinated by people's problems <laughs> and like how they think and the brain is just, it's still uncharted territory in so many ways. So, yeah. um, it's cool. There you go. There's your next career move. <laughs> if you ever decide to do a career move. So as we sort of prepare to wrap up, I would just love if you had to only pick one tool or one practice or one exercise for somebody else who's maybe really suffering with either it's PCOS or like body hatred, whatever it happens to be, mm -hmm. if you could only pick one thing that you would recommend them to do, what would that thing be? Um, okay. So this is something that you don't need anybody, like you don't need to hire anybody, um, or anything. It would just be journaling. Mm. Um, I've journaled all my life. I've been such a journaler, but it's not like this thing where I sit down every day and it's like, well, today I'm writing up my day. It's more like a tool for when I'm going through something, like I'm feeling some emotion or, um, you know, I've, I have memories of like journaling after a really traumatic doctor visit and just like getting it out. And so it's just such a great reflection of like what's going on inside. And so when you see it on paper, it suddenly allows you to separate yourself from the thoughts and the emotions. And of course, you know, you still want to feel things. It's not just like becoming cold, but it, um, it's always given me this opportunity to like process and to be my own light um, and just be my own resource in like figuring out what if something needed to be fixed or you know what I needed to do and it's just very self-validating as well because you go back and you're like yeah I was really going through something then and you can just shine that light on yourself and just like honor that part of yourself so I think that's you know if we're talking about like tool like self-love tools like that's the go-to um, and it's pretty much free. I mean, paper, you know, you can get a really cheap notebook or just like a napkin or something like it doesn't yeah. even have to be um, something fancy. And um, yeah, it can be super powerful. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so um, Cynthia, if listeners want to get in touch with you, if they have questions, if they want to hear more about your story or if they want to learn more about the work that you do, where is the best place for them to get in contact with you? So I spend a lot of time, probably too much on Instagram. <laughs> um, I'm at digital bloom IQ there. And yeah, I post a lot about um, what I'm up to my day to day, my dogs. Um, and I've posted a little bit about my, my own journey, but 
not too much. Maybe I will, maybe I'll start, you know, posting more <laughs> about my, my chronic stuff. Yeah. And then the second best place is my website. I have, you know, a bunch of blog posts and resources, um, digitalbloomiq.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'll make sure to get those in the show notes so that it's really easy just to click on through. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay. Thank you so much for being here. This has been awesome. And I love just how willing and open you are to talk about your PCOS and your own journey. Like I know this is personal stuff, but I also know that this is going to be really impactful for listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to like, I want to be super clear that like, it's still an ongoing thing. It's not like, okay, I figured it out. I'm done. <laughs> and I wish like, sometimes I think we all wish like it was kind of done, but there is a progress. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing that's inspired me is like, every time I learn something and I heal something, I'm also able to share that with someone else. And it always ends up kind of happening. Like I end up bumping into someone who's going through something and because I've been there, I can really share that wisdom. So sometimes it's, kind of a comfort to know like okay this isn't all in vain like it, you know it's hard it's you know I don't need to do this alone but it's still hard yeah um and eventually you know maybe I'll be able to pass some of this wisdom to to someone else Absolutely. and it's not like yeah it's not in vain yeah you heal yourself you heal the world around you totally I love yeah. that yeah. That should be another hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with Cynthia, find out more about her story or the amazing work that she does, you can find her at Digital Bloom IQ. As she said, she loves hanging out on Instagram and I will make sure that all of her links are in the show notes so that you can just click on through. Have a beautiful day. Here is to you loving yourself.